Hi, I'm Dan from Desert Island X. Today's episode features comedian Sindhu V. As well as being very funny, she comes out with a phrase in Hindi that I think may be the best proverb I've ever heard. So look out for that. And if you like this episode and want to see more of Sindhu, she's got a tour out next year at a time when hopefully the pandemic has chilled out a bit. And she'll give you all of the details at the end of this podcast. If you're new to Desert Island Dicks, essentially every Monday we release an episode like this with a guest where they pick the worst people and things to be stuck on an island with. And then every Friday we release Compact Dicks, which is a shorter episode with me and former host James Deacon, where we read out submissions from you, the listeners. If you want to get involved with that, then email us the people and things you hate at dickspod.com contact and we can include them in the podcast. It would also be lovely if you could subscribe and rate this podcast and then you'll never miss an episode and it also has a load of other benefits for us that I won't bore you with. Anyway, I've had a long day and was about to go to bed when I suddenly realised I hadn't recorded this bit or uploaded the episode to the internet so I'm going to stop now and leave you to listen to Desert Island Dicks with Sindhu V. Hi, I'm Dan Benedictus and welcome to Desert Island Dicks, the show that sees you marooned on a desert island after a plane crash with the worst people and worst things imaginable. Who they are and why they're a dick is up to our guest and here to share their Desert Island Dicks with us today is comedian Sindhu V. How are you doing? Hey man, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm, uh, it's a nice day, you know? Yeah, so feeling positive? Uh, you know, I was reading today about how there's six seasons Mm -hmm. but there's two micro seasons microclimates and they're the ones inside you and they're either happiness or sorrow (laughs) and i was like that's deep yeah but that's why some people on a nice day they're like ah everything's horrible because their microclimate that day is not very happy so Mm. my microclimate is happy today and the outside climate is good today so we're like laughing okay good well i hope i'm not gonna sort of ruin it all by getting you to talk about things and people that you hate for an hour no, or so. No, I love to talk about things I don't like because I get to vent. Okay, good. So we're, good, we're coming in with this with a positive attitude. This is nice. I like this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I'm going to try and join you on a, on a level of positivity as well as we wade through and uh, fill this island with, with crap things and people. But let's get straight into it then. Who's going to be the first person joining you on the island today? Okay. So the first person I would hate to be stuck with is... Um, Snow White, you know, from the book. Mm. Because the thing with Snow White is she's a moron. Okay. (laughs) The problem is, like, she knows that she has a stepmother who's been trying to get her the whole time. And Mm. she gets dumped in the forest. And then this old crone shows up with a weird apple and she bites it. And then everyone, like, the dwarves are sad. And, you know, the whole thing. It's like, what are you, stupid? And I really think that if you are someone who, um, you have to take responsibility for what happens to you. Like, you have to be aware of your surroundings, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, the other princesses, like Sleeping Beauty, she had chutzpah. She went up there and pricked her finger. She wasn't supposed to, but at least she had some kind of chutzpah, you know? What about Cinderella? She wore a dress and she, like, took that risk. I snuck out of the house to meet boys. You know, I took that risk. Snow White was didn't even have the redeeming quality of being kind of naughty or fun. She mm. was just straight up stupid. Yeah. And yeah. I wouldn't want to hang out with her because... I mean, it's so dumb. Yeah. Also, didn't she sort of most um, 
the heroine of the story is kind of more of a sort of uh, struggling, you know, you're kind of rooting for her. Was she just sort of started off in an all right wow. position to start with, didn't she? You and then say she was just that. a bit thick and I can't remember. But Sleeping Beauty literally lived in a castle. Maybe I'm getting the two confused then. Okay, maybe it's that one. Well, I mean, I don't I don't know that because she was struggling, I would think she wasn't stupid. <laughs> yeah, she was still stupid. I mean, whether you're struggling or not, you don't eat an apple when you know someone's been out to get you. That's true, especially from a stranger. Yeah, then you take care of yourself. You have to have your wits about you. Yeah. Yeah, and so imagine how useless she would be on this island. We, she would be no use. We'd be saving her from stuff all the time because she wouldn't know, oh, that thing is dangerous. You know, and on, on a deserted island, you need someone with their wits about them. At the very least. That's right, yeah. And I suppose she gets away with it more because she's got seven seven dwarves to help her out. So they're kind of, you know, she's got a, an entourage, basically. Stripped of that, yeah. I mean, she's, yeah. she's you know, one-eighth as powerful or one-eighth as useful. Not that the dwarves are that useful, but I mean... Oh, dude, they're pretty useful. They're mining all mm. day. Like on, a, like on a desert island, they could do stuff. They're like in a mine shaft all day. And then they come back and they're sort of nice. And, you know, I just... Yeah, it was she and like there was no redeeming quality in Snow White. She didn't have chutzpah. She didn't have. She wasn't like kind of crazy and fun. She was just boring and dumb. Yeah. I hated that story even as a little girl. Mm. I think also, I mean, she's fairly young, isn't she? So you don't. I just think anywhere on an island, no matter how much of a dick these people are, you basically have to try and team together at some point and survive. And as soon as you have got someone who's a bit of a, who's a child. It just makes everything more complicated because you've got to kind of you've got an extra person to really look after. But the others, you're going to look after them maybe. But if they die, it's like well, you know, you've you've had a bit of a life. Whereas if Snow White dies, you're going to feel you're going to kind of feel a bit guilty, or maybe you won't. No, no, absolutely not. No, okay. No, you're not. I mean, she, she's not four. Hmm. You know, she's a she's a young lady apparently, and it's like, listen. I don't even think on a de- on a desert island situation you need to look after anyone else, but they need to actively not get into trouble. Yeah, yeah. Right. At the very least, take care of yourself. She can't do that. Yeah. She literally cannot do that. Yeah, that makes sense. I have to ask you. This is do all the people. Well, I suppose you do have to think if these people will be helpful. Well, she won't. Mm. That's fine. No, it's entirely. But up I to pick you. these people purely on the basis of me not liking them that's perfect that's exactly what we're after i don't want to be stuck with them yeah good okay. <laughs> not like i don't not like oh i you know i have neutral feelings about them but they would help me on an island no it's not how i mean I if anything this. we want people that good. are just going to actively mess your life up and make it worse i mean so you know do we oh. on the right track <laughs> this is this is great oh good, <laughs> good. yeah and also good. i mean okay because she's sort of so used to being around i just think she'll have lots of shit stories about like oh this one time when i was with easy uh this happened and you're like oh come on i don't care it's like you know someone who's got sort of like a really tight click and you just you can't be bothered with all the stories about like <laughs> if dopey was here he'd say this you know like, i don't care what dopey would say like we're all dying come on yeah did you read snow white like were you how much of the, these princess stories did you get into when you were little i mean um, i was familiar with them uh but now i'm yeah. older i can't remember them and my son hasn't got into them yet so I've sort of, that's why my memory's a bit patchy and I'm kind of bringing in all the... No problem. You know. No problem. I mean, but the thing is, I was very, I've been, was very invested as a young girl, as a young child in Mm. these stories. And it is my opinion that Snow White wouldn't even have an interesting story (laughs) because she's kind of just nice all the time, you know? Mm. And it's like, I think she would always tell stories about them that were sort of 
nice. Mm. But if you're stuck on a desert and you want gossip, at the very least you want gossip or you want something like with edge, you know, something that'll get your mind off. Just hearing nice things about Dopey and Sneezy, it's like, come on, shut up. Yeah. She has no edge. She has no edge. Yeah, just a bit saccharine and boring. It's not going to get you through. Yeah, blah. <laughs> not interested. All right, well, Snow White joins you. Who's going to be your next choice to join you? Russell Brand. Russell Brand. Okay, right. Now, uh, I mean, he's a very divisive character, but what is it about him that uh, you find particularly annoying? He's one of those people who thinks he knows a lot and doesn't stop to say, do I? He just opens his mouth and it all comes out. And at the moment, he's on some Eastern religion guru trip, mm. which as an Indian, is you hear him talk and you think, no. <laughs> we have a saying in Hindi, Sosa chuhe kai billi hajko chali which means after eating a hundred rats, the cat decides to go on a pilgrimage and we have to hear about it. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? So Russell Brand is like, whatever, you know, you've done all these things. You've never really talked about those things or you've never, you're just such an attention seeking person. And now you've decided to, I think it particularly annoys me because he's glommed onto Eastern philosophy, but he talks about it like he's discovered it, like he is the Buddha. Mm. And I just think, what level of hubris does it take? Plus, imagine being stuck on a desert island with him. Yeah. And me having to listen to what Eastern philosophy is trying to teach us. I mean, I would drown myself. <laughs> I would just start swimming into the sharks. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's weird because it's sort of like, at what point do you kind of, you hear Russell Brand make a few points about Eastern religion. And you kind of think, okay, that sounds interesting. And then at what point do you just sort of go, rather than finding out about that for myself, I'm going to continue listening to his take on it for ages. Surely you kind of, if, if any of it pricks your interest, you kind of go, okay, I'll, I'll do some reading on my own. I'm not going to continue for him. I don't want him to be my guru. It's like, you know, it's, he's the wrong, it's the wrong place to look. Yeah, and I mean, the amount of sanctimony, mm. you know, and it's like, well, everyone can talk the talk, but are you walking the walk? Yeah, yeah. And also... Why are you, why, if you listen, so obviously I've seen it because it's been on my Twitter feed and then I've immediately fixed my Twitter feed, but so that I don't see it. But if a per, if you are listening to Russell Brand, question is A, why? And B, if he starts talking about Eastern philosophy and you think, well, that's interesting, your first response should be, this is not right. Hmm. Let me turn this off and kind of rinse out my brain by reading some basic Eastern philosophy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it, and, and it's just very annoying. I think as well, it's sort of so odd. Like the idea of someone using a huge YouTube audience to sort of talk about, you know, like I don't know, I haven't seen this re this recent sort of incarnation of him, but like, so I don't know which bits of his Eastern philosophy he's picking up on. But it seems slightly at odd with my understanding of certain elements of it to sort of be using it to like increase your level of fame. That, that you know. That seems a, a bit counterintuitive. Just, I mean, yes, that does. But, you know, on a desert island, I guess that would be that would be part of what you would know. But on the island, if he started saying things like we're here, but we shouldn't be in the ego. And I'd be like, shut up. Like, I, I don't need to hear this from you. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I, you know, the idea that a lot of Eastern philosophy talks about going inward and keeping your mouth shut. Hmm. That's not the bit he's interested in, I don't think. <laughs> you know, and he's sort of come upon it like, I have this great knowledge to impart. And can you imagine how incredibly annoying that would be? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's kind of like, let me tell you about this great journey I took. So it's not about that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I mean, I think, I think if you want to talk about your journey, that's fine. But then let's hear about all of your journey. Mm, yeah. Not just the bits you want to present. 
I might have said this before in this podcast, but um, there was a time I was working at a radio station where he was being interviewed and I was in a sort of separate room behind the glass and I was with all his kind of flunkies and his entourage. And like in the interview, it was round about the time he was doing the kind of revolution sort of era, you know, and he was like, we need a revolution, but still don't vote. But, you know, we need a revolution. Oh, yeah, yeah. And like in the interview, he was coming across fine. Like he didn't say anything that was particularly crazy either way. I was just like, okay, you know, it's all right. He'd been through the mill a bit and he was being okay. But I was in the room with all his hangers on. And every time he made a point, even though we were in a soundproof separate room, they were going, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. oh yeah, yeah. And it's like, like, I know that you probably do this all the time to show that you get him more than the other person that you're working with. Like, but he can't. Like, just shut up for a minute and so I always wonder it's like are they still there I just imagine like maybe that's part of the problem like he needs a cull you know but he's been into this sort of persona for so long like these these sort of people are just going to be there forever and it's like you're not helping him you're making it worse exactly I don't th I would really not be able to cope if those people came to my island as well by the way this is my island yeah yeah fair enough just being clear about that yeah I think also as well he has that, that sort of thing of like you know, when he had a child, he's like, oh, it's the most extraordinary, amazing, wonderful. And yeah. you're like, look, you know, like, obviously I haven't given birth, but I've been present at my wife's birth. And a lot of it was fucking horrendous. Like, she's pregnant again now, and I'm not looking forward to the next bit. You know, and it's like, of course, it is an extraordinary thing. But like many things in nature, it's fucking <laughs> brutal as well. And it's like, of course you had to feel it more than me. It is. And I mean, you know, why are you not understanding that? Why are you not understanding that? And also, why do you have to come upon everything as if... Why do you have to sort of preach? Mm. Just have your baby. Yeah. Just become a Buddhist. Why do, why do you have to talk about it like you know more or you've had... You know, yeah. why? Because I just think, you know, like, okay, it's great to be able to see the beauty and everything. But at the same time, it's not really helpful kind of hearing how amazing and spiritual you found this birth. What it makes me feel is worse that I didn't feel, you know, I was just panicked and scared the whole time, you know, and it's like, and I think yeah. it's more useful to hear people being honest going, well, I felt like this, but afterwards it was great, you know, because we've got this lovely baby, but you know, it gets a bit rocky sometimes. Yeah. And also, you know, constantly showing the world this kind of beautiful, wonderful side when and not all of the sides. Mm. For anybody, you know, you want to see the whole picture. Yeah. If you're going to talk about it, talk about the whole picture. I mean, I suppose you're free to talk about what you want. So that's maybe not so important. What's important is the whole vibe of like, allow me to share with you. Mm. It's like, dude, we already know. <laughs> you're literally the least knowledgeable person in my, in my circle mm. when it comes to any of this. And as for childbirth, I've had three, pushed them out. So... <laughs> Uh, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just weird. So yeah. He'd be very annoying. Very annoying. I agree. I absolutely agree. Okay, and who's going to be the final person joining you then? You see, I'd love to say my sister, but that's that would require <laughs> a lot of backstory and possibly, you know, would upset other family members if they listen to this. So I won't say that. <laughs> okay. But I could say that. Um, I think it would be Maite Garcia. She was Prince's wife, the one with whom she had they, they, they had a baby. Okay, yeah, yeah. I don't dislike her. I mean, I do, but it's not her as a person. I don't know her, but because mm. I am a very ardent Prince fan. Mm. And then, you know, she's given all these interviews since he passed away about, you know, really what he was like and what it was like. And I think if I was on an island with her, it would come up and then it would really piss me off because those are experiences I wanted to have. Yeah. I wanted to go out with him. 
And then I have to hear her talk about it, knowing that there's no chance now for me because he's passed away. Yeah, yeah. It would aggravate. I, I, I guess what I'm saying is I'd be so full of envy <laughs> yeah. that it would be bad for my health. And, you know, we all now know that your immune system is severely compromised by negative emotions. And I would say jealousy and envy are among the worst. So that would compromise my immune system and my mitochondria and then I'd be unwell. Yeah. Well, I think as well, because knowing that you were so close to someone who knew him so well, it's so conflicted because you don't want to hear it because you don't want to be jealous. But also you really do want to hear it. You do want to hear it. I know. know. And then all of your mitochondria and your cells are inflamed Mm. with negative pulsation and vibration. And then your immune system is compromised. And you think, I don't need that. That would really bother me because I really... You know, you never know. I could have dated Prince mm, yeah. if he didn't pass away. And now I don't have that chance. So I don't want to hear from this bitch. <laughs> um, yeah, so because uh, I'm a massive David Bowie fan. Mm. And I think because recently I got I started listening to Prince more because it was just around the, the election in America. And I was thinking, God, this is so fucking annoying. I need something to distract me. And I had a bit of time on my hands and I thought... You know what? I've never really explored Prince. I've always wanted to, but I've never kind of got past all the sort of classic hits. I want to delve in a bit more. This is a good distraction. So I'll get into Prince. And what I feel like the two of them have in common is like there's this sort of real mystery about them. Like they're both a bit magic, you know, like they're sort of a bit ethereal and, and sort of beyond... They have a sense of kind of just being a bit more special and unapproachable. Yeah, yeah. And and also they both cared about their music and they were weird and they didn't mind Yeah, that you thought they were weird. They were like, take it or leave it. Yeah, and they had this sort of mystique as artists. And I just think like, as much as I'd want to know someone who had amazing stories about both of them, there's a part of me that I just sort of, I want to keep them on this sort of magic pedestal where like, I don't want, you know, like I don't really... Yeah, yeah. Like, do we want to know what Prince eats for breakfast? I don't know. You know, I would just in my head, I kind of want to imagine it's just something fucking bizarre. Like, I don't even want to think. It's just something that I But it was. Understand. You know, he didn't just eat for days. Right. Okay. Because he used to say that it helped his creative energy. No, I would want to know. But I don't want to know now when there's nothing I can do about it. I was going to go to Minneapolis. One time he was on in concert here and my husband bought me tickets and he bought me front row tickets. Mm. Front row. Imagine. What a good husband. Yeah. And Prince, it was a small venue and Prince came right to the edge of the stage and I screamed so loudly all the things I felt about him to him. He was literally not even, he was probably six feet away. I kind of blacked out. I started screaming. He left that side of the stage and did not return to that side <laughs> for the whole concert. <laughs> And I kind of don't remember what happened. I sort of semi-blacked out. You know, I mean, I was there. I, mm. I would have. If he'd said, let's go to Minneapolis, and I looked at my husband, I'd said, listen, man, I love you, but this is not something I'm not going to do. So I'll see you when I see you. <laughs> but, you know, now I don't have that chance, and I don't want to hear from her all the good things they did. But I do want to hear, but I don't want to hear. Mm. It would be a conundrum, and it would be bad for my health, Daniel. Yeah. Bad for my health. And also, if she said just sort of really boring stuff like, oh, you know, like, the one thing he used to really get on my nerves was like, he used to really hog the remote control. It's like, I don't want to hear everyday shit, you know? Well, that's you, Daniel. I do. <laughs> I do, because I guess the thing is, I know that like for you, he was a mystique. But for me, he was a possible boyfriend. Okay, yeah. So obviously I want to know everything, right? <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I think that, I yeah, I think you're sort of between a rock and a hard place there. I think it's a, it's a, a very good choice because... Yeah, as you said, you're never going to win out of that. No, I wouldn't have minded having her on my island if he was still alive because I would have got all the, you know, inside gas and then known how to go about my plan. Mm. But there's no point now. Now I would hate it. 
Yeah, you make a good point. It's a fair, fair choice. Thank okay, you. now, Sindhu, mercifully, amongst the wreckage of the plane, there was some food and drink left over. Unfortunately oh. for you, it's your least favourite food and drink in the world. What are they and why are they so bad? So the drink is Pepsi. Anything, any fucking Pepsi. <laughs> I mean, okay. sorry, any Pepsi Max, Pepsi. Da- because the thing is, Pepsi should not be allowed. It's not. It doesn't taste like the thing it's trying to taste like, which is Coke. Hmm which is a, a dark carbonated beverage that we all know is Coke. And it's a, it's a ripoff and it's awful. But the problem is if you want an aerated drink, then you're going to want the Pepsi and then you're going to taste it and you're going to remember all the things that are bad in the world. <laughs> yeah. I, I hate Pepsi. We have Coke. Why are we drinking Pepsi? Yeah. It does seem bizarre that there's something that's so close. It's like, I always say this about energy drinks, like... But it's not just so close, Daniel. I have to cut you off. It's close and bad. It's Mm. close and wrong. That's the problem. It's pretending. Imagine, Daniel, that you asked me to this podcast, yes? Mm. Mm -hmm. As you did. And then in front of you appeared a quite tall Indian-looking woman who said, Sindhu couldn't be here. I'm Mindu. (laughs) And then just proceeded to be fucking unfunny uninteresting boring rude looked bad smelt bad was just horrific in every way you think why did I, why would i take mindu when i can have sindhu on my podcast similarly the fuck would i drink peps i am swearing too much i apologize no, stop swearing. but why would i drink bullshit fake sugar water pepsi when there's coke mm. I think in in the 80s, it felt like there was a real battle on between the two of them, as I recall, like a real sort of like marketing battle. And then at some point, Pepsi have just gone, fuck it. Do you know what? We're spending millions, of, like, well, spending billions to be number two. Let's save, let's keep all that money and we'll still just be number two. And they kind of slunk off a little bit. But at the same time, you just think, just make a new drink. <laughs> it's okay. you know. Just- yeah. And, and also, it doesn't taste the same. So when I was growing up in India, we had a closed economy. Mm. Um, and so we kicked out Coke and Pepsi because they wouldn't share the recipe in the 70s. We were like, get out. Yeah. And then we made two drinks. One was with the same C because we stole the recipe. Obviously, we did before they left. And we had the same two C's as Coca-Cola, but we called it Campa-Cola. Mm-hmm. And then we had something called Thumbs Up. Yeah. They didn't taste like Coke, but there was no choice. There was no also Coke. But I like, say, I've tried Thumbs Up and I like it because it's like a different slant on it. Exactly. So it's like a new drink. It's like, here's a similar vibe, but you've kind of, you know, you've like, it's got an Indian twist to it. Thank you. Thank you. The point is, we didn't have a choice. But when you have the choice of buying Coke, the hell are you doing with Pepsi? So that would really upset me if that was the drink I had. Yeah, I think this is something that is, it's always like, being just almost close enough to the thing that you want but it's just a it's more of a slap in the face than having nothing you could be stuck on there with nothing going oh i'd really like a coke right now but if you just had a pepsi you'd be like fuck like i don't have a coke and i'm annoyed exactly i don't have a coke and what i have instead is this non very bad tasting sugar water that again reminds me of bad things, yeah. stupid things. And also, would I drink it? I mean, if you, you know, sometimes when you have an upset stomach, you need to drink an aerated mm. drink. I might drink it. And then I would be like really upset. Yeah, yeah. But I wouldn't drink it. I mean, I, I mean I'm, I'm assuming there'd be water, but... 
you know. Yeah, I think we'll, we'll give you some. We'll give you a water source. Thank I mean, you. That's only, that's only Thank fair. You. <laughs> Thank okay. you. Okay. And what would your food choice be? Salad. Salad. Obviously. Mm. I hate salad. I'm vegetarian. I hate salad. Um, now, let's just, I just want to make it clear what I mean when I say salad. So, salad, if it has large chunks of something cooked in it and like a honey mustard dressing, fine. Mm. But that's not then salad. <laughs> that's another dish which has salad parts. Right. Okay. Right. And the good part of that dish, as we all know, is the other stuff. <laughs> Whether it's the tofu or if you eat meat, the, you know, the chicken, and the dressing. The salad salad, you know, when pe- when people say, would you like a side salad? Mm. And it's cold. It's leaves. It's like as if, in, you know, I'm reincarnated from a goat and that's all I still want to eat. Leaves, cold stuff put together. It's a bunch of vegetables, uncooked, cold. And then it's like, here, have this as a, as a, as a dish, as a meal. I'm like, I don't ask you to go and start eating things from my garden if you come to visit. I don't say, well, I have some flowers and leaves. I mean, it's ridiculous. Mm. So that kind of plain salad, you know, that a healthy, yeah. like plain. Yeah. No, thank you. No, thank you. Not eating it. Even if I get no roughage and I have all kinds of health problems, rickets and scurvy, <laughs> it will take a lot for me to eat salad, especially as a vegetarian, because they stuff it down your throat all the time when you're vegetarian in the West. Well, I think there's a lot of times where like, like you say, you can elevate a salad and make it interesting, but there's a lot of times you think you've just got a fucking bin full of it's either it's garnish slash salad, and if I'm having a burger, it's garnish, and if you order a salad, it's the same bin that you just reach into, but there's two handfuls instead of one, uh-huh. you know, and and that sort of thing I find really lazy and annoying. But like you know, if you sort of yeah, as you say, if you tart it up a bit with a lot of interesting things, but I mean, we've got to remember you're getting a salad from a plane so we know what kind of you you know it's in one of those tiny little cube little boxes on your tray and it's just everything's too cold it's like yeah it's fucking freezing cold like ice cube tomato slices and things like that and also if i wanted to eat something raw and vegetably why won't i eat a fruit what the hell is possessing me to i don't understand salad why am i eating a salad like they say you know you get roughage from fruit from green stuff Mm. eat a pear apple banana i mean there's so many fruit right mm. why'd you go eat a cold salad mm. no one ever ate ever 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 listen i have a lot of friends who are very conscious of their figures and they eat a salad for lunch mm. and it's tragic <laughs> it's tragic you see what they're eating and you think goats yeah where's the but, love? you know they're yeah. skinny and they want to be skinny fine five mm. no thank you Fair enough. Yeah, I think especially an airplane side of everything as well is going to be particularly bleak. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You make a lot of sense there. I think that's fair. Thank you. Now, Sindhu, fortunately, you won't be without entertainment on the island. The plane's entertainment system continues to work, but just your luck, it only has two working settings. One is your least favorite film of all time, and the other is your least favorite song. What are they, and why? Okay, least favorite film. It's not one. It's it's a any french film any any <laughs> pick one there was one called there was a trilogy red white blue or red green white something like this mm. and i remember i was at university in montreal and it's you know francophone and at university i was doing political theory so a lot of people i studied with were intellectuals and they asked me to come to see this film it was one of the red blue green things or blue white or something what a waste of time <laughs> jesus christ you know, everyone's so deep 
Mm. No one's saying much. It's all deep. It's in French, which is an issue if you don't know French. But also, even if like you didn't understand, you were just watching, no one's having a good time. <laughs> Everyone's kind of like ex- in an existential crisis. And I think, well, I don't want to spend my time watching that. I want to I want to go to a movie, yeah. you know? Movies, I mean, you you put things into your eyeballs like a movie. There's lots of things that go into my eyeballs that I can't help. <laughs> right? I can't help it. Mm. Yeah. You know, my kid once puked on me while I was holding him up, I, literally into my <laughs> eyeballs. I couldn't help seeing that vomit because I couldn't, you know what I mean, when it yeah. came out. But how old's your kid? Uh, he's three and a half. Yeah, so you've been through that phase where they just literally just, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, projectile. Uh, so, but if you go to the, watch a movie, you go by choice, you pick something. I don't want stuff going into my eyeballs that's kind of existential and everyone's deep and no one's having a good time and there's no real story everyone's wandering around looking at each other and they're confused and they're all depressed what yeah any of that no interest absolutely yeah. not well i would never watch it i would just let it off and just never go into it <laughs> it's weird isn't it there's definitely like a, a type because uh, I, I did french a level and i remember my mum just sort of <laughs> desperately trying to get me interested in in studying a bit <laughs> and sort of instead of just sort of cruising towards the crap grades i got but she kept sort of coming home for the video shop it was like look i've got a french film and it's like this is so fucking difficult it's not even like and boring yeah yeah they were really boring and like you know obviously like you know there's a film la haine which i think is brilliant but that's sort of you know sort of gritty in a city kind of like boys in the hood stuff and that's really good but there's definitely like a lot of sort of french films that are just you, you go what happened in that i'm not sure i don't know was it no. happy was it sad was it And someone had sex. Okay, fine. But that's not that interesting. I mean, you know, people are copulating all the time. I can't be, it can't make up the whole movie. You know, and also I think if you're having sex, it's great fun. Mm. But watching two people who've otherwise been completely boring the whole time start banging, you're like, okay, what is this doing for me? Nothing. I mean, remember, I'm a big fan of movies, Mm. but not films. Mm. It's a very, very big distinction. Okay. And the French, you know, these, so I mean a French film. I just have no interest. Oh, my God. I would just never watch it. I'd be like, I have one. I have two sources of entertainment. Dan told me on this island. The audio and the video. Video I will never watch. Mm. And hopefully Russell Brand will watch it because he's such a deep guy. Yeah, but I think he was. And then he'll sit and explaining it to Snow White. And then that's it. The two of them can be there. That's true. Yeah. I mean, he. I think he wouldn't watch it unless there was someone around for him to explain it. It's a bit like, sort of, you know, Snow White. a tree falls in the wood. Does it make a sound? It's like, you know, only if Russell Burns there to tell someone about it afterwards, you know. And God, and we all know he will. Yeah. Yeah. I end up like, watch, so my mum has this awful habit with films where like she is always really interested in international films, which is fine in its own right. But she will elevate, like, she'll be flicking through the channels if you try and watch something. It takes 45 minutes to try and work out what to watch. As soon as there's a foreign film, she'll go, oh, let's watch this. And you're like, it's been on for, like, 50 minutes. Like, I think probably now is not the time. She's like, oh, but it looks interesting. Like, all you've seen is they're speaking a different language. Like, it's got, it Uh could be about anything. And, you know, like, obviously, let's be interested in, in different cultures. Nothing wrong with that. But, like, you've just, so I've seen a lot of, like, like foreign films just from a point like of no return where you're never going to get to grips with what's happening but just because my mum's going well, oh what about this one and like well I mean yeah no no I, I hear that I think your mom would be good to watch Bollywood because all the movies pretty much have the same story across the last 150 years yeah. 
So no matter where you come in, you're like, oh, I'm at that part in this general story. Well, she has watched a lot of Bollywood films, actually. She's got a lot, of, a lot of Indian friends who she watches with, but um, she's like, oh, Yay. this is the Yay, part Mrs. This Benedictus. Yeah, yeah, she's, uh, she's, yeah, so she's into all of that. But, you know, so she's good if you want to stick on something interesting and have her over, but she's not if you're at her house trying to find something to watch. So, you know, it depends, <laughs> depends what side she's on. She'll be a good guest, but, you know. So yeah, but you'd have to watch. I mean, and also you could just tell her, I'm coming over. We can only watch Bollywood because that's it. At least Bollywood, everyone is beating and crying and killing and loving. Yeah, she'll and be fine. Some with some some people are being reborn right then and there. Broken up with a song now and again. Not know. now and then. Every every ten minutes. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, and talking of songs, what would your song choice be? Anything by Marilyn Manson. Anything. Okay. Yeah, anything <laughs> by that guy. So, with him, I feel like. I don't, I mean, obviously I know of him. I don't know his work apart from the ones that kind of got in the charts. And they're the ones that were, you know, he sort of went like a bit poppy for a while and did like um, Tainted Love and stuff like that. You mean he did did songs that were not his, that people liked and then did them and then people were like, oh, this I can tolerate. So yeah, yeah, exactly. So when Marilyn Monson is tolerable, he's singing someone else's songs. Sure, I get that. (laughs) But I don't know if it's because I don't have anything to compare it to. Like, I don't really know his back catalogue enough to know if, like, he was all right until that point. But I think, like, him kind of ironically doing Tainted Love, I just find quite weird. And what is it about him particularly that pisses you off? I mean, is that sort of genre in general you hate or? No, 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 no. I think I, I think the problem I have with Marilyn Manson is if you strip away all the makeup and all the provocation and all the shock you know the name is made up of a sex symbol and a serial killer what do you have you Mm. have noise you know that stuff would not sell without all these trappings on the outside and all these trappings are not necessarily creative they're shock and provocation and you know um uh, i think one of the genres that his music falls under is called shock rock Mm. you know so it strikes me as very juvenile the kind of the kind of um props he brings to the game like david bowie dressed up a lot but that was creative and also his music if you'd never seen david bowie the music was great Mm. if you'd never seen marilyn manson you'd say what is this rah rah knock knock drum beat scream shout it's bullshit but then you see him and you think oh i see so basically what you're saying is you know look at me listen to me because i'm so like I'm like something you've never seen. I'm going to shock you. I'm going to say weird things. I'm going to have seven gold teeth. My issue with that is that a lot of these ways of provoking and shocking are underlied by someone who is a bit vacuous and has no real problems. You know, otherwise you would make good music sometimes from real problems. Or if you had real problems, you'd be like, maybe I should, maybe I don't have the, maybe it's a, it's a, it's a privilege that I'm not born dying of hunger or no one tried to arrange my marriage or no one did. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. This is just, this is, this is some kind of, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a huge waste of resources, <laughs> huge waste of resources, you know, which I feel bad about because the world needs a, a equitable di- division of resources, mm. distribution. And this guy's sucking up so much and making shit sounds that are selling his music <laughs> because he comes, you know, dressed up with all this rubbish. Mm. So when I hear that stuff, I think, you know, and the lyrics, the lyrics are the lyrics of a 
spoiled, well-off, privileged brat? What if God knocks us down? What if, yeah, if you were born in Sudan, you wouldn't be singing this. You'd get a real job. <laughs> but of course, you can sit in Florida where you started and think about when everything dies and have videos of people taking pills and, you know, sex and all that stuff that is ultimately uh, quite an indulgence. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, but if at the end of all that, you had music, which minus all the pictures, you thought, oh, let me listen to this. But again, you said it yourself before I even started. You're like, I kind of liked him when he sang already existing good songs. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. You know, he sang Personal Jesus, which was a Depeche Mode song, which That's was already it, yeah. a great song. Yeah. You know, so it's like, dude, really? Mm. Yeah. So that's what I think. Do, I mean, have I made my feelings clear, do you think? Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> I think, no, he absolutely nailed it. Um, Yeah, he's someone, I think, a bit like um, Russell Brand, where sometimes I think I'll read stuff about him or an interview with him or something. And he seems OK, but he it's very obvious he's also got a lot of hangers on. You know, he's kind of a bit of he like quite likes that rock star stereotype of like, you know, having lots of people looking after him or like, oh, I don't get up until seven in the evening. It's like you're not a vampire, man. It's cool. Like, no. And it's like I always say, I I bet you do when no one else is there. It's like I keep my house really cold, like a crypt and I only get up at night. And you're like, yeah, I don't know. Is Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you didn't hear David Bowie say those things. You didn't hear Prince say those things because they were too busy making great music. Yeah. But we have a saying in India, empty vessels make the most noise. So <laughs> You're coming out with some amazing Indian sayings. The, yeah, yeah. the one about the, the rats especially is amazing. I'm definitely going to write that down. Oh, the cat. The cat yeah. who ate 100 rats and then decided to go on pilgrimage. Sure, yeah. But that's the thing is, you know, you just think that's music I would never listen to. So basically, I'd be on this island not watching, not listening mm. to music. I would have to... I, I guess, you know, what I might do is I might, uh, there should be coconuts. I'd learn how to thatch with coconut skin. You know, you can make roofs and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So you'll yeah. be busy. Okay. I'd well, be busy. And I think Maite Garcia is a great dancer. So I might mm. ask her to help me with some moves, you know. It's yeah. also to stay healthy. Yeah. It's good to yeah. exercise. That's good. That's something. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, look, finally, the island is overrun by the biggest dick of all the animals. Which animal is it and why? Rats. Rats. Okay. Um, rats, because, like, for me, for when I was growing up, I was like, rats are rats. Like, you know, then I watched a movie called Ben. Oh, that's the one that Michael Jackson did the song about, isn't it? I don't know. Did he? He's, it was song... about a pet rat that literally mm. becomes, it's like a demonic rat. And... That's when you start to really recognize how awful rats can be. Because I know that rats can eat live babies. They'll come out and get them. Maybe that was... Michael Jackson definitely did a song called Ben that was about a pet rat. Or someone told me... A, 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 someone who was such a hyper fan of Michael Jackson that it was kind of quite terrifying oh. told me oh, it was okay. about a rat. But then those things don't tally if it was about a weird mental rat. So probably someone's going to write in so that I've got this completely, completely okay. wrong. But well, anyway, let's let's ignore the Michael Jackson bit. I don't like them. And I, and they're aggressive and they're, they often have rabies. So, you know, that's hard because I don't mm. want to die of hydrophobia on my island. There's a lot of water around an island. And if I get hydrophobia, yeah. I'm toast. Um, they're dirty. It's not so much dirty. I don't mind dirty, you know, like in the sense of dogs get dirty. I just think that they're vicious. Mm. So yeah. I'm used to animals that don't like. So for me, when I was growing up in India, they were animals that could kill you, but they wouldn't come for you. Yeah. You know, only man-eating tigers that are injured will really come for you. Normal Mm. tigers will avoid people. 
Snakes, cobras, they avoid you. If you step on them, they bite you, you die. Scorpions yeah. are tricky. Scorpions are in dark, wet places mm. and they're not coming for you. Rats will come out for you. I think because they're like quite an intelligent animal, so that always ups the risk factor a bit. It's like if you're close to monkeys, you're like, oh, I don't know, you're a bit too smart to be wild. You know, it's like, yeah, it, you know, with like a wild dog or something, usually you can just sort of shout at it and it will run off again, you know, yeah. or like shoo it away. With a rat, you're like, oh, you're figuring stuff out. I don't know. You know, you're calculating. Yeah. And also they they're they're vicious. They'll come for I mean, I suppose that's their job. They you know, they'll come out and try and survive. And they're and those tails, you know, how they're really thick and then they get mm. thinner. Yeah. Ah, that movie it's really really did it for me. So I would mm. not, I couldn't sleep if there were rats on the island because I think yeah. they'd come for me. It'd be horrible. Yeah. Ugh, and they have like, they have like, like horse hair, but they're little rats. Ugh. <laughs> That's why this movie Ratatouille, they were like, oh, it's so funny. I had a hard time. I had two little kids. I remember sitting through that movie like, God damn. Imagine having a rat in your hair. I, I had to, I had to really compartmentalize what I knew about rats mm. and watch that movie. Because, I mean, that's the thing, like, occasionally I've seen one in London, but it's fairly small and innocuous, and it sort of runs past a bin or something, and it's sort of like... It's... Are you sure it's not a mouse? Well, they're like, big, you know, like, sort of, like, rat size, but, you know, like, as, I don't know, maybe it's like a adolescent or a female rat or something, but then I've seen them, mm. like, I've been in India, and I've seen one the size of a rabbit, and it was like, that's not... I'm not fucking around with that kind of thing. Like, and I'm sure somewhere in a sewer in London there were these huge ones as well, but I haven't seen them above ground. Big. But those big ones, I mean, they are, I'm not messing around with those things. I'm not messing around. So you have spent time in India because you've also drunk Thumbs Up. Yeah, I've been a few times. Yeah, yeah. Why? Just just for fun? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yay! That makes me so happy. I hope we treated you well while you were there. Yeah, I loved it. I keep going Beautiful. back. But, um, Beautiful. But yeah, I had one day in Kerala where I got attacked by every animal that I came across. Like I saw a snake, my friend tripped over a cow... Uh, it was this rat that was the biggest thing I've ever seen. There was leeches in the jungle. Like it oh, was yeah. just like this whole day where like nature turned against us, and uh, or nature was just there, and then you got in the middle. Yeah, I mean that's probably a better, less sort of colonial <laughs> attitude to take. <laughs> I think because leeches, for example, that you really have to get where they are. Yeah, I mean they for them are to leech you. Horrendous. But they're mad. You got to put so much salt and sit there. I know. Oh. I, had, I had no salt. We were just trying to pull them out and trying to pull something. No, was, God, don't pull them out i know you're not supposed to pull them out but like when you've got leeches all over your feet and oh, like it's either yeah, yeah. wait until you walk an hour home and then find some salt or like try and get the fucking things out and like and that's hard yeah it was horrendous but also you were with your friend was a keralite or not no, no, we're all just. Oh, you know, there you go. Just I mean, you don't tourists. really go into those wet places without salt. Well, I was with. We were with a guide, yeah, but um, the rest of us were just sort of naive, naive uh, young. Did fans. you have open shoes? Yeah. Well, I had. I had. I had the thing that was. Daniel, this story's making me crazy. No one told me about this before we went in. So basically, I had like these weird slip-on shoe things. So they were like flip-flops, but with a closed toe, so they're worse because things could get in but not get out. And it was, oh. uh, man, yeah. So yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was a bad day of of nature kicking my ass, basically. Oh, but but you still loved it and you went back yeah. to India. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's part of the fun. India is a place you can. India gets can grab hold of you like no other place. 
Yeah, and I think there's a lot of things where, like, at the time, you, there's a lot of, like, retrospective fun. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Like, have you heard that thing about type one and type two fun, where it's like type one fun is when you're enjoying something at the time, type two fun is like, this isn't good now, but I'll probably look back on it fondly. <laughs> you know, that kind yes, of... Yes, I totally understand. And I think it's because, and tell me if you agree with this, there's something about the way you engage with India, you have to, which is very intense and intimate. Mm. At the same time, because it's intense because there's sound and noise, but people are speaking English. You're not like that removed from, you know, you can go to places where no one speaks English. So you feel like such a foreigner. Mm. But, you know, there is an intimacy. It draws you in because of the language. But also people are like, hey, and there's a lot that you do recognize, you know, but there's a lot going on that you don't recognize. So it's very intense. And I think that combination of intensity and intimacy in the moment, you're just coping. Mm. But then later, it becomes an experience that sticks with you. And you sort of are like, wow, that was fun. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Like, like it's, it's like certain relationships I've had, which have been intense and intimate. And you've just thought, oh my God, like, I'm so sad. I'm so happy. I'm so sad. And often at the time, I'm not having a great time. But then five years later, I'm like, oh, I remember him. God, that was fun. But it's because you have enough distance. <laughs> yeah. And you didn't die from it. <laughs> And by and large, Indians are not unfriendly. No, no, not at all. I think it's like no, uh, no. it always feels very safe, you know. So, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, well, it is and it isn't. Depends where you are. Depends when you're going out, and also depends areas of whatever city you're in. I mean, I think the problem with India is if you're in an unsafe situation, it's very unsafe. There's not a lot of nuance there. Yeah, somewhere you can definitely see like the best and worst of life in like within Absolutely. a day. Like, you know. Oh my god! Oh my god! Within a family, you haven't <laughs> met some of my family. Uh, you know, within a family, let alone within a day, you can see the best. But it's because India is very intense. Mm. You know. Yeah. But anyway. But big rats. But nice. Big rats. Big rats. Nice place. Great country. In summary. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Big rats. Great country. Yeah. Carry salt if you're walking in the jungle in the <laughs> south. What are you doing? Absolutely. Oh, good. Well, look, I think you've made a uh, lovely hellish island for yourself to live in. So uh, thank you very oh. much for, for compiling your list of dicks today. That was great. It's a pleasure. And it's been lovely having you on. And where, where can people sort of see uh, more from you at the moment? What are you up to? Obviously, you've got a podcast. Uh, yes, I have a podcast called Child Labour. Uh, we've done the first series and it's out there in the world for you to listen to. But if you want to do something in the future that I haven't yet done, but you want to come along when I do it, buy tickets to my tour. It's uh, I'm starting May 2021, by which time everyone who hasn't got a vaccine hopefully will have one. And you can buy tickets through my website on sindhuvi.com. Uh, you just go to the section that says live and you can buy tickets. Mm -hmm. So there's that. If you don't want to buy tickets to a tour and you don't want to listen to a podcast, but you think maybe she has better, she has more rat material or something, you can always follow me on Instagram where I'm at Sindhu V. Uh, on Twitter, I'm Sindhu V funny, but it's not V-E-E -E because I didn't think these things through when I started all these accounts, just randomly started them. Uh, and of course, there's my website, Sindhu V.com. Um, yeah. Yeah, actually, I'm feeling so good after doing this, Daniel. Thank you for asking me on because 
it really has made me connect with who I am because often you know who you are because of what you don't want to do. Mm. And I don't want to do any, I don't want to be involved in any of the stuff that you helped me think of. So thank you. I'm glad because at the start, you seem so sort of sorted and grounded. I was like, I don't really want to mess with this nice person we've got now. So but, uh, I'm glad that you're out the other side and you feel cleansed and, and, and whole and okay. Yeah, do you know that I'm not that nice? <laughs> As you thought I might be that positive. I mean, I'm positive, but all this stuff here is... I think the two yeah. can exist very happily together. They you know, can, and I of think, course I think they it's, can. Uh, just being open with yourself about what you like and don't. And uh, I can host... Yeah. I have to keep telling myself this the longer I host this podcast. So I've got to believe this. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, it it's, makes me grateful that I haven't had to do any of the things that could have happened on this island. <laughs> All right, well, thanks again for joining us on Desert Island Dicks today. Thanks so much. Bye.